The Young Pro Show, hosted by yours truly, Dominic Fry. Would you still do something great if nobody ever saw it? A podcast for young professionals to come together and to talk about their goals and their path to get there. And if I fail, I'll fail forward. I sit down with other forward-thinking individuals and talk about what they are doing to accomplish their dreams of tomorrow. Maintaining strength while living in your purpose. Mm. Now let's dive into the next legendary episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Young Pro Show, hosted by yours truly, Dominic Fry. Thank you for giving me the attention. Thank you for giving me your ears and your time. I know there are lots of different podcasts and shows that you can be spending your time with to listen to. And the fact that you are spending your short time, your short hours on this earth listening to my podcast, I greatly appreciate. If you haven't listened to the last couple episodes with Jeremy Mann, fantastic episodes. Um, Yeah, really enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun. Hope you guys got as much out of it as I did. This episode is with a special guest, uh, somebody that I've really known for almost my, actually, yeah, almost my entire life. I can't quite think of my first memory with him. Um, I remember, yeah, his first memory of mine was playing Game Boy in a hotel room. Uh, But he's been a good friend of mine, basically like a brother to me, a mentor. Uh, So let's welcome on to the show, Brian Grimm. Brian, how's it going? It's going well, Dom. Thanks for having me. And yeah, yeah it was definitely a Game Boy. You were staring at that about an inch and a half from the screen. <laughs> but, uh, Do you remember? Do you know what I was playing? Playing Donkey Kong, Mario. I think it was Donkey Kong. Madden. I think it was a. Uh, I think maybe Donkey Kong. I don't know. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah probably. Oh man. Yeah, I think it's funny because I don't remember that memory at all. But I feel like I've heard that story so many times from you that I have this image in my head that like I think I remember it. But yeah, I remember it. My memory of it is like a third point of view, like from your eyes. So I don't know how that would be my memory. But that has really nothing to do with the Young Pro Show. That's just a little fun fact about um, Brian and I the first time that we ever met. So if you are still listening to the show, I appreciate that. Um, so let's just dive into it. Talk a little bit again about you being like a big brother to me, a mentor. You know, you are a coach at Heidelberg University, the direct, actually, sorry, coach is not even the correct title anymore. Get it right. The director of Heidelberg Cross Country, Track, and Field. Big boy stuff. That's right. Very professional. Yeah, that is big boy. So Move beyond coach. Does that, what does that actually imply, moving beyond a coach? Um, really, it's, it's, I'm still a coach. That's still mainly what I do, but also... Um, I mean, you're really just in charge of kind of the background of the program and kind of directing it from behind the scenes, whereas a lot of people in front of you are kind of doing all of the work that everybody sees. Gotcha. So, I mean, you still obviously are working with students and still have student athletes and still coaching, but you're just also doing the behind the scenes and all the scheduling and buses and hotels and things like that. Yeah, it's more like big picture stuff and uh, as far as team culture and, and everything, and then also the details as far as travel and, and budgets and everything like that. But um, really, it's still the, the part of the job I enjoy the most is still the, the coaching, and I still do that um, pretty extensively. So so as far I want to touch on that a little bit. You talk about team culture, so part of that being your role. Uh, like, what does that... I guess maybe a couple questions like what does that look like to try to create a team culture when you have 
50, 60 kids from so many different backgrounds, so many different places from all over the country. I don't maybe even international. I don't really have any international athletes. So, like, what does that look like to try to create a team culture? And I can't imagine how difficult that would be. It's hard, especially depending on the group that you have. And I think a lot of people miss uh, this, this part of coaching. They think it's all just, you know, writing down times and blowing a whistle, that sort of thing. But it's really mm-hmm. um, the art of coaching is really getting – all these different types of personalities from all over to buy into one common goal and to, to buy into that same common interest. And that's the difficult part. And so it's, it's different every year uh, with every group of kids. It's always changing. So you have to approach it a little bit differently. And so even like now in COVID times, uh, you know, we have to treat a little bit differently with how we're getting our kids to buy in and, and how we're approaching that looks different than what we would have done on a normal year. Yeah, I think, you're right. You know, I guess I didn't really think about that. But having every single year based on the athletes that you have trying to formulate the culture around these athletes, which, and again, I'm sure is incredibly difficult, but like kind of cool to maybe see like the fruits of that labor. You know, when you feel like you're planting all these seeds and you're trying so hard to create this culture. And at first there's probably resistance at first, potentially there's resistance and athletes yeah well okay i'm just gonna say it probably athletes like myself when i was on the team <laughs> saying i don't want to do this or i don't want to do that and, and you know and you have people that are again resisting right away but over time being able to see again the fruits of that and then being able to like just see the benefits of that and just see the team growing not only as athletes but also as you know students and people as well yeah i mean when we started when i started coaching you guys uh, in your group, uh, you know, when, when, I, when I come back your sophomore year, your uh, junior, junior year. year. And, so. uh, you know, for, for your group, for your class, um, it was really about building something and starting something and kind of making it from, from nothing and from something that hadn't, hadn't been a good program in a long time. And so um, that's what you guys were kind of the foundation, kind of the building blocks of that. And you guys tasted some success, but it wasn't quite what we wanted. But the group now that we have in place is – and they're in a position to really succeed because of the foundation that your group kind of put down. So uh, really, we kind of had to get your group to really buy in and be like, okay, you guys are building this. You're creating culture that can last. And now this group is continuing on it, improving what they can, and really focusing on the end result as well. So uh, it's, just, it's just shifted gears a little bit. Uh, and it's kind of fun to see, you know, last year, you know, it was a, for cross country and track, we had a great season. Um, and uh, especially men's cross country had a great year. They, you know, being top 10 in the region and, and to see that compared to, you know, when I first started at Heidelberg coaching with Ron Martin and um, mm. that was a totally different scenario and, and we were starting, you know, starting from scratch and, and just getting those kids to buy in. It's a whole nother thing. So it's, it's definitely different every year. It's, it's a, it's a fun kind of exciting thing that changes year to year. Yeah. I'm sure, it, I'm sure it's fun, but I'm sure there's also frustrating parts when you feel like the team's finally starting to click and it's the end of April and <laughs> you start, I mean, you know, you relatively still have freshmen, sophomore, juniors come back, but then you lose that graduating class. And then again, then it's the next year and all right, let's start this all over again. But as long as you have that foundation, that good group of those three classes that then they can kind of show the incoming class the ropes and such. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the, I mean, the consistency comes from, from you and then the upperclassmen there. So like, while I'm there, I'm, I'm saying the same message year in and year out. Mm-hmm. And those kids are hearing it. I might tweak it to who we have and what we're trying to accomplish. Um, but that consistency is still there. It is difficult to hit the reset button, you know, every year with 
with assistant coaches and everything like that, and you're constantly making changes all the time, um, that, that can be difficult. Or with you know kids coming into the program, or if they transfer, if they come in, decide running's not for them, and they quit, or those types of things are difficult to deal with as well. But it's I, I really used to get frustrated a lot with that, but at this point in my career, I just it's part of the job. It's going to happen, and I'm going to work with who wants to be there. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I wasn't really expecting to start the show talking about team cultures. That's kind of cool. How we transition to that. Let's talk a little bit more about you specifically. So let's uh, backtrack, and let's go back to 18-year-old Brian Grimm. You graduate high school. Uh, long hair and all. Yes. Do you gra- have it when you have a long hair when you graduated? I did. Was it? Yeah. So you got the long, long hair. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to find a picture and share that uh, oh, no. with one of our social. I'll talk to my social media guy, oh, <clears throat> which is me. Um, <laughs> I'm on a low budget here. Anyways, <laughs> you graduate high school, 18 years old. At that point, as far as your career and professionally, like, what were you thinking? Did you have goals long term or was it more broad like this was what I want to do like what how did you feel moving to the next step of your life after graduating high school I had no clue what I wanted to do um, looking at colleges uh, right before I graduated I was looking at a list of majors when I was on a visit to a school and, and my mom said well what do you want to study and I was looking at it I'm just without really thinking about it and I was like, oh, sports management sounds awesome and I love sports so it naturally seems great yeah and she's like, pick, pick a real major. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so I found some, a couple other things, and uh, it kind of led me to criminal justice. And uh, that, I thought that's something I wanted to do. And um, I kind of there was a lot of different choices at the school I was looking at, at Tiffin University. Um, and, and their criminal, criminal justice program is kind of extensive as far as what I could focus on. And I kind of landed on forensic psychology. I had always liked um, the psychology aspect of it, and basically it's just a criminal justice degree with also, you're like getting a psychology double major. Um, and so I, I enjoyed that, you know, I thought that's what I wanted to go into uh, originally. So looking back on that now, you know, you say that you necessarily didn't have that strong, uh, you know, in hindsight, it's obviously always twenty twenty, but you didn't necessarily have that strong towards sports management or criminal justice. Like, do you wish you would have just that part, like obviously I understand every single step of your life always, you know, leads to the next one and that initial decision to go to college or specifically to go to that, yeah, again, with criminal justice compared to the sports management or undecided and find out in college, like is there anything that you would change with those couple years essentially? Um, I, I feel like I, looking back, I wish I would have gone with sports management. I think that was kind of my gut feeling. I mean, really those are my interests. If I wouldn't have gone to college... I probably would have worked construction with my dad and, and took over and become a farmer once once he was done and, and just helped him out with that. So that was honestly my plan, and I would have been totally okay with that. I, I, I feel like I, I could be happy doing that. Hmm. Um, but, you know, college kind of opened some doors for me as far as people that I met and making connections and um, really led me to the point where I was able to get a job that I really enjoy doing that I didn't ever picture myself doing. Um, so I, I don't regret how it went down. I maybe re- regret not choosing the right major, but I, I came in sophomore year. I, I just never felt good about it. I was always interested in it, but I never felt good about it. Sophomore year, I was taking some music classes to actually uh, um, satisfy... Singing some... classes? No, no, no. <laughs> like, I think the first one was American popular music or something like that. And we were just... I was just trying to satisfy a fine art requirement. And so I'm taking the class. I actually really enjoy it. I love the professor. And I'm, I'm big into music at the time. And 
Um, and so I really find it interesting. So I, the next semester, I ended up taking two or three more classes just to do some, you know, get, get the credit hours for some uh, upper level classes and uh, in kind of the music business area. And I, I really, really liked it. And I, for a hot minute, I almost switched my major to music business and got into that side of it, which I don't know. I don't know where that was. I was like a midlife crisis through college. Um, but I think, I think just that moment, though, I decided my friends talked me out of it, uh, which was probably the best um, blessing that happened to me there. So thank you, um, Kyle Fairber, for talking me out of that. But um, really, I think that showed me, and I just kind of saw the writing on the wall, that I don't, I don't think what I'm doing is really what I want to do. But I didn't realize it yet. Um, I still kept going the criminal justice route and into grad school and was thinking about joining the military and didn't know what to do at that point. I was looking for jobs, couldn't find one. And then my old coach who had Ron Martin, who had um, coached me at Tiffin, went to Heidelberg, started coaching there and asked me to come help out because had some guys that just a volunteer because he wanted some guys to come pace some of the faster guys and workouts and stuff. So I was like, sure, yeah, I can do that. And then, then it turned into a full time gig. And so, so I, I mean, and then I just kind of realized, Hey, I could do this for a living. And so I, I don't regret at all how it played out. I, it might not have played out the same way. I might be doing something completely different if I would have went straight into sports management. Maybe I'd be you know, working for a minor league baseball team or something, which could be interesting, but I think I wouldn't have enjoyed it quite as much as what, I, what I'm doing now. Yeah, cool. Uh, it, and again, and I obviously understand hindsight is twenty twenty. It's just I think look back on for myself and even just so many high school kids, they graduate college, and for those that don't specifically know what they do, want to do you know and they just go to college because that's what they're supposed to do and for some kids it ends up great in great stories like you that you end up even though it wasn't your degree but you end up finding something that you love something you enjoy and ultimately again looking back you want to change a thing because now you're doing something you love but there are also a significant amount of high school kids that graduate go to college don't know what they do they get a piece of paper and then they end up just working some nine to five that they hate and they say, why am I in, you know, I'm not happy with my life. I have, uh, you know, this financial burden and, uh, you know, it ends up not really starting your life, essentially your adult life out on the right foot then when you're like uh, upset with the circumstances that you are in. So that's why I was just interested um, in your two cents yeah. as far as those regards. But if you can go a little bit more in detail about the coaching aspect, like how did that work? I guess you said it was a volunteer position, right, when you were at Heidelberg, when you said Ron Martin, who was your coach, then asked you, so it was just a volunteer position, that you said, hey, do you want to come over and help, or was it more like you were almost an athlete, like helping pace and train the athletes on the team? That was pretty much my only job, and so they even, you know, would give me clothes and stuff to do that just for volunteering my time and, and efforts, but I mean, I was in marathon training at the time, so I was... I was pretty fit, so it was nice for me to have some training buddies and to do some of uh, my workouts with them. Uh, but that was that was really it. So they had one guy, Brad Polacco was his name, from Medina, and they wanted me to work out with him. And so, because uh, they didn't really have anybody else on the team that was kind of close to him. So I was able to work out with him, and it worked well. Um, we got along well, and, and it was fine. And I, I was kind of a mentor of, of types to some of the guys on the team and got to know them really well um, through that first semester. Um, but uh, but yeah, then uh, once we got into December, um, the the head track track coach ended up leaving. Ron was the head cross country coach, and so 
Um, they basically, at that time in the program, decided to make um, Ron the head coach over both programs, uh, track and cross country, and then he wanted to get a full-time assistant uh, in, the, in the position. And so he said, hey, I really think he, this is kind of was the moment for me that I was like, wow, I could actually do this. Um, because Ron, Ron was my mentor, as he was a little bit. He was your coach as well for yeah. a couple of years. And, um, you know, he was somebody who was always really good at instilling confidence in other people. And you, you understand that. And so for him, um, he's, he never would sugarcoat anything. He's going to tell you like it is. And that's why. Good I, that's or why bad. I, good or bad. <laughs> and that's why Ron and I always got along. And so when he told me um, that, hey, I want to hire you for this job, I, I think you'd be great at it. I think you have all the abilities to do it and and I, I think there's nothing else you should be doing than coaching and when he told me that it kind of just was like whoa like hmm. you think I can coach at the college level like I man I always thought sure maybe be needs to coach you know at, at Archibald High School uh, you know coach the blue streaks and you know that type of thing or where I went to high school but you know I, I never thought about coaching in college so when he put that idea in my head uh, I think I just um, I kind of I, I kind of ran with that I've always had a, a crazy passion for running and and really i enjoy my experience just i enjoy other people's successes just as much as i enjoy my own and i never really saw that as wow oh, oh i thought it was okay man i'm just being a teammate but maybe it was more than that and i didn't really realize that i think ron kind of helped me realize um something that I, I could do and really i think it was kind of a sign for me because the criminal justice thing just wasn't working out and i couldn't find a job and i was really frustrated um, with that and I didn't know what to do and I, honestly I was really close to joining the military and then this all kind of happened and um, and uh, I, I believe that these dominoes kind of fell fell in place for me um, for this very specific purpose so um, so yeah I, I'm, I'm happy with the way it turned out and and uh, it's been a long road to get here but I mean I, I started out as a volunteer went to a full-time assistant mm. and then they got rid of that position and made two head coaches and then, so then I became a grad assistant to continue coaching because that was really the only option I had. Um, and uh, then that led me to getting a full-time job somewhere else and then continuing on in the field. So Started from the bottom. Now you're here. Started As from the bottom. As a volunteer position to director. That's right. Quite so. the transition. No, that's cool. I mean, it's awesome to see, you know, you talk about Ron and just, you know, having the value of having a mentor in your life. But then also in this situation, it was somebody that, again, Ron's just a straight shooter and when he says this is something I think you can do, just like you mentioned, instilling that confidence and having that kind of encouragement from him um, to take that next step, not even the next step, take a completely different step that in what you were expecting, preparing for. You know, you're looking at criminal justice things, having your master's degree and looking at military and you're just thinking this is something I'm doing basically just because I enjoy it. Almost like a hobby, um, you know, with the coaching and then having again ron bring up this opportunity fall into place and you know the lord's timing being perfect and um you just being able to pounce on that jump on it and get that experience so then from heidelberg you work at heidelberg uh as his assistant um what was the next so you know fill us in the gap between that assistant role um yeah what was the next step from there so i'm a i'm a graduate assistant and i'm kind of nearing my end i've got Oh, I don't know, six months until um, I'm, I'm done with my position there. And so I'm thinking, okay, you know, I think it's time for me to start looking at if I want to get in the field, I need to start applying. And so I think uh, actually that January, uh, I started applying to schools. And from probably January to March, 
Um, I probably applied to 60 or so positions, uh, quite a few. Sure. It's, it's difficult to get into uh, unless you really know someone and like I did with Ron and he was able to get my foot in the door somewhere, which was great. Um, clearly it's, it's paid off for me big time. But so I applied to many different positions um, and then I was getting really frustrated again, uh, you know, in that field because I'm, I'm not finding something. I'm hearing a lot of no's. I'm, you know, I'm hearing uh, maybe I get a phone interview, but then it doesn't go anywhere. And um, so growing frustration again, I'm getting closer. I think it's, we're getting close. It's April or May. And I think it was April. And I hit a point where I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe this was just a, some type of pipe dream. This wasn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe I need to get back, get focused and go back the criminal justice route. And you know, I'm really frustrated. I'm, I remember talking to somebody about it that night and saying, you know what, I'm, I'm done with this. Mm. And then the next morning, you know, you talk about God's timing. The next morning, um, I got a call from a school out in North Carolina um, for an interview. And um, that interview ended up going really well. And so I got invited for a second interview. And then right after that happened, I got another call from a school in Kansas for an interview. And that interview went well. And then I got a call for a second interview for that job. And so I really wanted the job in North Carolina, naturally. Uh, it was a little bit better location. Than <laughs> I can't middle, imagine why. Middle of nowhere, Kansas. Um, and I had never been to Kansas. It's a beautiful place. I just didn't know anything about it. But I was really interested in North Carolina positions. It's probably why I didn't get it. I worked... I was so nervous and I was, I felt like I was almost out of my element for that interview. Um, and, uh, cause they flew me down there and everything and it, it didn't work out. I didn't get the job. Um, they gave it to somebody else who's from the area, more experienced and, um, me having very little experience, you know, it's probably a no brainer for them. So, um, so then I, I did the Kansas before I heard no from them officially, I did the Kansas second interview, uh, at Tabor college in, uh, um, in, Hillsboro, I almost forgot, it's been so long, <laughs> in Hillsboro, Kansas, um, and uh, I wasn't nervous at all because, to be honest, I didn't want the position. It was a really small school, they had a really small team, and I was just like, well, this would be a good experience for me just for another you know, interview um, for maybe something else, or maybe I'm going to get this North Carolina job or whatever. Um, that, that school was Methodist University, it wasn't you know North Carolina Chapel Hill or anything, but uh, it's called Methodist University, but anyways... Um, so I got to Kansas, I do that second interview and I crush it out of the ballpark because probably because I'm practicing all I want and I'm relaxed and, uh, but all the people I meet out there are phenomenal and it's a, it's a Christian campus. Uh, and I, I really, I didn't know that's something that I wanted to work. I mean, I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. but I didn't know I wanted to work at a Christian college. And so being around that really kind of opened my eyes. And then at the end of the interview, um, I met with lots of people throughout the day and then I reconnected with the AD, uh, Rusty Allen, for the last part of the, um, the day. And then he's walking me through around campus, and we're just talking. And he's like, you know, I don't normally do this, and, um, but I really feel good about this position. You know, and feel good about you, and I've got this feeling. I just feel like we're gonna, we need to offer you the position. Mm-hmm. And, so, and that's kind of how I ended up in Kansas. was there for a couple years. I loved working well, there for a year. I loved working there. Um, and uh, I, honestly, I loved the community there. It was great. Um, and the leadership there was outstanding and, but it was, uh, really, it was tough being, you know, 16 hours away from everybody we know. And it was my wife and I, Alyssa, it for our first year in marriage. And it was, it was a tough time uh, to be away from everything we know. And so, uh, I had a, I had a call from Ron who decided he was going to retire and asked me if I wanted to come back. And he actually called me in October of my first year. I'd been there for a couple months <laughs> and he called and said, Hey, would you Ooh. come back if I left? And I'm like, Ron, I haven't even been here through cross-country season yet. Right. Like, I, 
no, I'm not ready to leave. And so then he's like, all right, all right, don't worry about it. And, you know, maybe we'll reconnect a couple years and you'll want to, you know, then you'll be ready. He's like, I'll wait whenever you're ready. I want you to take over something that we started building. And so um, that next semester in the spring, he calls me again. He says, hey, like, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I think I'm, I'm ready to be done. Um, you know, would you be interested? The job is yours if you want it. You know, they'll, they'll give it to you. And so um, I, you know, I talked it over with my family and with, with my wife and I knew what she wanted. Um, and I knew, I knew what was best for us as a family. And, um, and it, was, it was a good opportunity for us to get back, be close to home, an hour and a half away from where we grew up. Um, and so that's kind of how I ended up back at Heidelberg. Um, I, I said I would do it. And so then the AD called me a couple weeks later, a month later maybe, and then uh, offered me the position. Um, no interview anything. Um, I had developed a good relationship with Matt Palm um, before um, leaving Heidelberg the first time. And so he felt comfortable, I think, handing off the position to me. Um, and, uh, and I accepted. And I've been there ever since. It's been four years now. Four, yeah, this is year four. Um, yeah, you had two years. That I think that's right. Two years. It was my junior and senior year. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been out a couple years. Um, <clears throat> wow. Quite the... You know, it's cool to see... I don't know if I knew that you actually had the job interview in North Carolina. And, you know, from an interview point of view, you know, it's cool to see the one, the job that you really wanted was the job that you were nervous for. And then the job that you're like, yeah, whatever, I don't really care. Well, it ends up, you know, a couple things like one, you have the interview, you're relaxed, it's smooth, it goes great. But then also, like, you realize it's a Christian campus, Christian environment, and that was something you were not expecting, something you necessarily didn't even realize you wanted until you were there. And then you're like, well, this is, you know, we, we started this, we're talking about culture. And then you realize that that's like a culture and that's the atmosphere of not only your team, but the campus and just, you know, a different element um, to your team, being able to have a faith-based athletes on your team and student athletes and such and being able to openly talk about that, which is really cool. Uh, and, you know, and you, I guess you talk a lot, obviously, personally, how that was, you know, major, you, uh, such a large commitment for you and Alyssa with moving to Kansas and moving back like what do you feel like looking back now like professionally speaking do you feel like you got out of that one year whether it was something with Tabor in particular whether it was being in Kansas in another state was there anything in particular you feel like professionally was like this was a huge takeaway for me I think the biggest thing was I was away from everyone I knew um, you know for me I kind of had this doubt of okay I, Ron told me I could be good at this and this is something I could do being a college cross country track coach. But, uh, is that really what I want to do? And is that really something I can do? You know, can I do this on my own without somebody who's had many years of experience, um, behind me, you know, am I walking in his shadow or is this something I can do? And so I think that was for me, it was a trial run. Uh, mm-hmm. It was for me, this is either going to work and I'm going to continue doing it or this is going to bomb and I'm going to have to find something else to do. And so it really, Within months, I really felt, I think the community really helped me feel at home, but within the job, I really felt like this is something I can do. And I, I felt like I was, I mean, I was, I was responsible of doing thi- for doing things that I hadn't done before yet. I was finding, finding out I'm fully capable of doing mm. those myself. Um, and uh, just from the aspect of recruiting and managing a team, and, and I mean, I still had a lot to learn, but I figured, okay, this is, I, this is something I really can do. So for me, it was a lot of um, kind of just positive affirmation, I guess, confirmation, yeah. uh, however you want to put it, um, that this is something that I'm pretty passionate about and that I want to do. And I really enjoy doing it. And even though it was a small team, 
I really got to connect with those kids and I got to learn a lot from Dave Croker, who's the head track coach out there, still is today, great guy, um, and, and Rusty Allen, the AD. I learned a lot from both of them as far as leadership goes, especially that whole cotton. They're really big on servant leadership and what that means and um, really professionally, just I feel like even though I was only there for a year, the impact that Tabor had on my coaching life, my life in general, um, I, I can't even put a put a price tag mm. on it. It was it was huge for for where I am today, and it, it's it's the only reason I can have. I feel like any type of success now, anything I do is because of mm. what I learned there. I learned a lot of very important things with how to lead and how to be a leader, um, and uh, instead of just being you know that whole being a team captain or something like that, which is really the only leadership I kind of knew. Um, so this was kind of the whole learning how to professionally be a leader uh, and to do it, you know, being faith first. And so for me, that was huge, um, huge, huge part of professional development, even just in that short year. That's awesome to hear, uh, you know, again, that one year, and even though it was a, only one year, uh, you know, and I'm sure with any, you know, that first ho- that first, excuse me, head coach position you were going to get was obviously going to be a big learning experience, but just to add another layer to it, with being, you know, halfway across the country and being in Kansas and being again a totally different environment. Um, and again, like I've said multiple times already, but just hindsight being twenty twenty, you know, that if you had just never had that year in Tabor and just went from being that GA to a coach at Heidelberg, you potentially would not have had the same growth as you had going to a whole new place, not being able to rely on Ron or other people that you may know, and it's okay. Well. Got to put my big boy pants on and do it. And then once you do it, you're like, yeah, this is something I am definitely capable of doing. And then, again, having that confidence, like you said, and then feeling more secure in this decision that, yeah, coaching is something that I want to do. Um, so within the last couple of years at Heidelberg, you know, I guess we, we mentioned four years then. You've been back now. You know, we talked at the very beginning about going from coach to director. Um yeah, I guess, like, what does that look like? How the last couple of years looked for you at Heidelberg? And what are some of the, within just a four-year span, five years now of total coaching, you know, what are some of the highlights of coaching, I guess, maybe specifically at Heidelberg, but even just in general? Or what do you enjoy the most about the coaching position that you have now having half a decade of experience. Well, first, I think this is year seven or so of, yeah, of coaching. coaching, I guess. So, so head coach coaching. Right, right. Okay, so, um, but uh, yeah, when I first came back, you know, I got to start coaching again. I was just a head cross country coach and assistant track coach. So um, I worked with Joe Yoder, who's um, who who was the head track coach at the time, and and it was it was great working with Joe. He's a good friend of mine. And uh, I really enjoyed working with him, and we did we did butt heads a lot. We're both young coaches, and you know we think we knew what was right and those types of things. But it was it was great to learn from each other and kind of grow together. Um, and uh, even if we decided to do it the hard way sometimes, but um, it was it was he really taught me a lot working with him. Uh, but then last year uh, he he accepted a position at Kent State, um, be a full time assistant over there. Uh, and that was always kind of something he wanted to do as being a Division One assistant coach. Uh, he didn't. He loved Heidelberg. He'd been there forever, but he didn't want to do the head coach thing. And so from there, they asked. They had always wanted to make one of us in charge of both programs and kind of go back to one head coach over both track and cross country. Um, and they started calling it maybe we could, before Joe left, calling it a director, the position. Mm-hmm. And, 
and uh, and and Joe and I were both like, eh, yeah, no pay changes and nothing. It did. There wasn't enough interest for us right. there um, to for one or the other to take over. And so uh, once he left and taken over as the director, um, I was honestly it was kind of the same level of nerves as when I went out to Tabor for the first time. That oh okay, am I going to be able to do this? You know, Joe did a great job on the track side of things, and you know, yeah, I have some knowledge of track and field, but it's extremely limited compared to his knowledge. But then I just, I realized I had to look at it a different way. You know, for me, uh, I I can bring in a lot of people that had that expertise in those other areas that I don't have as much. Mm. Uh, I can learn as much as I can, but the same and surround myself with good people. But I just need to be the big picture person and somebody to be behind the scenes kind of saying, this is how we, this is what we want to accomplish. And this is what we're going to do to get there. Uh, And then having, you know, all these other inputs from it. So I, I really do feel like a director in a sense, because uh, while I get to do individual coaching, I work with distance runners, I help with, I do distance runners for cross country and then distance runners for track. And I also help with our, our long and triple jumpers as well in track. But really from the big picture standpoint is the main part of my job. And it's really mm-hmm. kind of getting everybody, pulling the strings, getting everybody else to do, um, kind of all making sure all the moving parts are in order. Uh, I've really kind of enjoyed that transition. And I think I enjoy this even more um, kind of being in this role and kind of helping other kind of being almost where Ron was for me, instilling that confidence on other people mm. uh, and kind of seeing them take off as coaches like Anton Truss, who is our full-time assistant. Uh, really, we wouldn't be able to have the success that we do without him. He's only been there for a, a little over a year now um, and uh, phenomenal coach. And I, I feel like I've really been able to learn from him as well as kind of pump into him and kind of, build him up a little bit and kind of realize, Hey, this is something that he could do as well. And, and trying to kind of give back the same way Ron did for me. So, uh, it's, it's been a really fun experience professionally to kind of see it come full circle like that. And, and now to have not only an impact on the, the kids that I'm recruiting and getting to come there and then seeing them graduate and get jobs when they graduate like you and become successful in insurance agents and, and <laughs> things of that nature. You know, thanks for um, a boost to my ego. I need which that. Is, which, which, is, which is really – that it really is rewarding for me. But it's also – it's just as rewarding to see, you know, GAs come through and then become successful coaches once they leave the, or whatever they get decide right. to go into job-wise and kind of putting them in that situation too. So – um, so it's just it's fun for me to have the impact on others. That's awesome, and and that ties back in like you said, even when you were an athlete on the team, that like you just always have cared so much about other people's success, and you thought it was just you being just the team aspect, team oriented, but it was more than that, and that was you know part of you know you could see your calling as with being a coach and just really caring about being able to help people out through this transition period of life while they are in school for four years, five years, whatever, and then go on to the next step. Uh, So just a couple more questions for you, Brian, as we wind this interview down. We've spent a lot of time talking about the past, a lot of time talking on the present. You know, for you professionally, where do you see yourself maybe in five years, 10 years? Like what are some kind of long-term goals that you have uh, individually? Well, originally I wanted to, uh, the end game for me was to coach in the Big Ten. You know, I thought that would be an incredible experience. Obviously, coaching the Buckeyes would be the Go top Bucks. Goal. But uh, really anywhere in the Big Ten would have been an awesome experience for me. Uh, as, so I thought, um, and I still haven't written that off, but I, I'm just a lot less interested, I think, in that. Because um, I, I think I really enjoy the role that I'm in now. I really, I, I love Heidelberg. I love the, it, it's a good school and I'm putting kids in a good situation 
I really, I like the city of Tiffin. Uh, it's just right for what we want. It's about 20,000 people, uh, two college town. It's an hour and a half from home. You know, I think I'm, I think I'm right where I want to be um, mm. for the next five to ten years at least, and so uh, I feel I feel totally confident in in staying at that school. And now, are we? And I mean, my wife's in a good job as well, and and we enjoy the area, and and we're very connected uh, with people in the area and with our church, and so. Um, but I, I I don't see us leaving anytime soon. Um, within the next five to ten years, I definitely don't see that happening. I'm not I'm not actively looking for jobs, and I'm not interested in going somewhere else. So last question I have for you then is, again, so maybe it's not like looking for another position or looking for somewhere else, but as far as, obviously you want to grow as an individual, you want to grow as a coach, a director, and hopefully in five years, 10 years, be a better coach, a better director, whatever that looks like. Um, So what are you, the last question is what I always ask everybody, what are you doing today to reach your dreams of tomorrow. So what are you doing today to grow as a coach, to be better for your athletes, to be better for the GAs and the other coaches on your staff? For me, um, and uh, my, wife would probably, my wife would probably laugh at this. Um, well, good thing she's not here. Good thing she's definitely not here. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to be a better listener. And so for me, uh, it's listening to others and how they can mm. they can – their experiences and what they've gone through as far as other coaches, especially even mm. other coaches of other sports or other people that I've met on uh, how their experiences could, you know, provide some insight for me on how I could be a better coach, a better leader, uh, a better mentor to others. Um, so I've really tried to um, get better at that because I feel like as far as early on in my coaching career is all about, well, what, what can I do? What can I say? What type of impact can I have? Um, whereas I have just kind of looking inside, myself on what I could bring to the table rather than seeing, okay, mm. what are other people doing? Um, you know, what, what are their experience? What works for them? Uh, and what, what can I do to be a better coach for these kids and, and give them a better experience and hopefully put them in a better position when they graduate? You know, that's, so that's kind of what I've been trying to do, uh, especially in, into this year is trying to learn more from others um, and just trying to um, be able to understand others' viewpoints and where they're coming from and their experiences to kind of help me get a better perspective on these incoming students and, and have a better impact on them. Be slow to speak and quick to listen. Love it, Brian Graham. That's good. Um, dude, thank you for coming on the show. Appreciate you spending your time, spending the evening here to record the podcast. Um, again, you know, as briefly mentioned earlier, it's just cool. I, I mean, I think it's cool, but also like even from the future, like it's cool to be able to look back at just the last decade for you and just be able to see, okay, where you were when you graduated high school and just the way your path has gone. I'm sure not any way that you thought when you were 18 years old, but still has been, um, you know, an awesome career. Awesome. You know, you wouldn't change anything where you are at now. And then it's just exciting to think of in the next five to 10 years, like what does that look like for you? Think going to happen in the future with you as a coach at Heidelberg, um, a director, excuse me, director at Heidelberg, you know, as well as just being, you know, living in Tiffin and being involved with, you know, your church and um, with you and Alyssa and how you guys grow together. So So anyways, thanks for your night, Brian. Uh, Appreciate you coming on the show, dude. And you are welcome back at any time. Yeah, thanks for having me, Don. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Young Pro Show. 
feel free to interact on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My personal accounts as well, at DJFry25. Thanks again for your time. Thanks for listening to the show. I love you all from the bottom of my heart, and God bless.